Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. I'm pretty sure the entire world is growing potatoes this year because I frankly cannot find a seed potato to save my life. And I'll say, I think that's a good problem. I'm really, really happy that more and more people are picking up on gardening this year, but it also means the questions are pouring in primarily about potatoes. And this just so happens to be one of my favorite crops to grow and to eat. And so in today's episode, I wanted to give you the definitive guide, AKA everything Jill knows about potatoes from start to finish. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the trailblazers, the mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the podcast for you. Hey there, I'm interrupting this episode for just a sec because I really wanted to tell you that the mailman brought me a 25-pound bag of salt this week. Okay, whatever. I know that sounds weird, but I'm actually telling you this for a reason because I know a lot of you are working on stocking up your pantries and your personal food supply right now. And this is my number one favorite brand of salt. Redmond's Real Salt is mined in the USA and it contains 60 plus trace minerals that make it so darn good for you and it tastes better too. Redmond's is my number one pick for all of my homestead cooking, baking, food preservation, and I happen to have snagged a discount code just for the listeners of this podcast. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com salt to check out Redmond's offerings. And don't worry, you don't have to get 25 pounds. They also sell it in smaller quantities too. Use the code HOMESTEAD when you check out to save 15% on your order through the end of June. Plus, if you spend $50 or more, the shipping is free. And now you can be a salt nerd just like me. Back to our episode. I think it's fair to say that I have never met a potato I didn't like. And I'm not sure if it's because I'm originally from Idaho. Now I didn't grow in the potato portion of the, or I didn't grow up in the potato portion of the state. I grew up in the north part of Idaho, which really is not very potato heavy. It's more wheat fields and rolling green hills. Uh, But down in the southern portion of Idaho, where my dad's family is from, that's where the potatoes are grown. And I'm pretty sure it's just in my genetics. But as a little girl, Potatoes have always been my favorite food from then until now. And so it's kind of only logical that they would be one of my most favorite things to grow in the garden. Um, I just, there is no comparison to homegrown potatoes to store-bought potatoes. Like it's not even the same thing. The flavor is better. The texture is better. The skin is more tender. It's just, it's just way different. Um, So if you've never tried homegrown potatoes, it's worth it to add to your garden this year if you still have time to squeeze them in or definitely for next year. It's also really fun to harvest them. I mean, it's a little bit of work. You have to get a little bit dirty to get down there, Uh, but it's kind of like treasure hunting. You're down there digging in the soil and it's like, I found one, I found one. So maybe that's just me. I think it's fun. But all the way around, uh, potatoes are absolutely a fantastic crop for your homestead garden or your backyard suburban garden, wherever you're at. So first things first, seed potatoes. Like I mentioned, 
they're a little bit tricky to find this year just because the whole world is gardening now. I'm not complaining, but I was a little bit caught off guard when I went to my favorite potato stores. I mean, there's only stores just for potatoes. You know what I mean? Like the hardware stores that normally sell the seed potatoes and they were absolutely utterly sold out. So I had to get a little bit creative this year. Normally, I always recommend that you start with certified seed potatoes. And there's lots of suppliers out there in normal years that have seed potatoes. And the reason it's important to start with seed stock is because they're usually disease-free, you get better variety, um, and you know they're not sprayed with this anti-sprouting compound. So your typical run-of-the-mill grocery store potatoes usually don't sprout like a regular potato would just because they're sprayed with a chemical that prevents that. Because otherwise, trying to ship the potatoes and keep them in the stores, that would be really frustrating for the grocers and the consumers. That's fine and dandy until you want to grow more potatoes from that potato. And that's when you need to have the seed potatoes or like I did this year, my worst case scenario is I went and got organic potatoes from my local health food store. Um, that was kind of my last resort because I was desperate and I was absolutely determined that I would have potatoes in my garden this year, no matter what it took to get them. So I had to use the organic ones. I think it'll be fine. Um, but hopefully next year I, I can grab the seed potatoes before they're gone forever. As far as where to plant these guys, um, th there's a lot of flexibility and that's one of the cool things about this crop. You can put them in your traditional in-ground garden. You can put them in raised beds. You can grow them in trash cans, you know, like clean trash cans. You can grow them in grow bags or buckets or bins. Uh, potatoes are not picky. The biggest thing to remember, no matter where you plant them, is they need to have room, right? It's, it's really tempting to crowd them, and I have been guilty of that, but they need enough room to spread out and develop those potatoes underground. And then they need a way for you to add soil or mound up soil or some sort of growing matter on top of the plant as it grows. And that just is going to increase your potato yields. So um, no matter what sort of location you decide to grow in, just make sure you have those things in mind. Now, when I go to plant potatoes, what I like to do is cut them up. And maybe not the little guys who, I'm trying to think, what do I compare the size to? If they are smaller than a golf ball, I usually don't cut them up. If they're larger than a golf ball, I will cut them into two pieces maybe three. I just want to make sure I have two eyes per piece. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Potato eyes, the little um, divots in the potato where the sprouts come out. We want two eyes per chunk. So sometimes I'll take those big old seed potatoes, chop them up. It just gives me more bang for my buck. And then once you do your splitting, I will lay out the seed potatoes on cookie sheets and let them air dry just on my kitchen counter for 24 to 48 hours. The reason I'm doing that is it ensures that that cut side, the exterior piece that I cut through and is now exposed will kind of harden off and get a, a tougher layer over it. And that'll just prevent the risk of them rotting uh, once I put them in the ground. Just helps them 
be a little more consistent once we're putting them in the soil and expecting them to grow. Now, as far as when to plant these guys, uh, you have a little bit of flexibility here depending on your last frost date. You can put them in more in early spring. So if you get a nice warm day three weeks before your final frost date and you can work your soil, there's absolutely nothing wrong with putting them in two to three weeks ahead of time. Um, they love cool weather and they should be fine even if you get a little bit of a spring snow or a cold snap because they're still mostly underground at that point, it shouldn't be a problem. You just want to make sure the soil has definitely thawed out and it isn't just sopping wet. You know, we don't really have that problem in Wyoming, but you may if you have diff different drainage. You don't want it super mucky when you go to plant. Um, a couple other reminders. We want to put our potatoes in pretty full sun. That's not to say you can't have a, a plot with partial shade and get away with it, uh, but you don't want a 100% shaded spot for your potatoes. It's really vital they have a decent amount of sun throughout the day. Um, put them at least one foot apart. I know this is so hard. Um, I was planting potatoes in our new potato bed this year. Some of you may have seen it on Instagram. Um, we did a hundred foot long strip. We had a friend with a tractor come up and I had him till it. And then we put our potatoes there because I was running out of room in my raised bed garden. And I was like, oh man, could I, how can I kind of crowd these in and cheat a little bit? But ultimately, ultimately, I'm like, you know, I don't want to hurt myself in the long run. So I put them 12 inches apart. Um, if you have multiple rows, put your rows about three feet apart. Because remember, potatoes do a lot underground, obviously. That's where the magic happens. So we want to give them plenty of room. Now, there is a little bit of a different technique when it comes to planting potatoes. Now, the classic way is what you might call the trench and the hill method. So you would start off by making these rows of shallow trenches, just use your hoe. And then there is, of course, going to be mounds of soil in between the trenches from you pulling that soil out of the trench and putting it up on top. Um, so you have those deep trenches and then place your potatoes in the trenches. And if you've cut them, you want to put the cut side down. If your potatoes are starting to sprout a little bit, that's totally fine. Make sure the sprout is on the upside, right? You don't want to put the sprout down because it's going to be coming up anyway. We want to give it a head start. Once you get them in 12 inches apart, go ahead and cover them completely with soil, but you don't have to fill in the trenches all the way. It's okay if you have a little bit of a divot. And then as the plants continue to grow and the green leaves come out of the soil, that's when you take that excess soil and pull it around the plants. It's, it's called mounding your potatoes. Um, I, I had a, so many questions about this the other day on a call I was doing in my homestead mentorship program. And people were really getting granular and they're like, I need to know exactly how much soil to put around my tomato or my, excuse me, my potato plants. And I like, you know, I don't really measure it. Um, it's something that you're just gonna have to eyeball. And I would not be super worried about messing this up to be perfectly honest, here's a little secret. There have been years where I have forgotten to mound my potatoes and I still got potatoes. It all worked out, but you'll get more potatoes if you mound it. So you'll just grab your hoe as the green leaves come out and pull that soil around. You're not gonna cover the plant completely, but it's okay to cover those bottom 
um, layers of leaves and just leave a few layers sticking out. Um, and eventually, as the plant keeps getting bigger and your soil supply around the trenches gets a little bit more scant, you won't be able to mound it and mound it and mound it. So just do the best you can. But even a little bit of mounding is better than none and should help increase your yields. Um, it also is making sure that the potatoes under the ground are not exposed to sunlight because sunlight is what makes the skins green. And nobody likes green potatoes, right? So as long as they have a nice layer of soil on top, you shouldn't have to worry about that. Now, some folks, if they're kind of over the whole, you know, scraping up the soil, constantly trying to, to scrounge soil from the potato patch to pull up around, you could also mulch. Um, you could use your grass clippings or your hay or your straw and mulch up around the potatoes. That can help protect from the sun and also just give more of that layer to help with the growing process underground. Um, okay, a few little maintenance tips. Keep an eye out for bugs. Aphids can be a problem on potato plants, but the main bad guy is the Colorado potato beetle. And we have had more than our fair share of those. Oh my word. Um, you're pretty much guaranteed at some point to get potato beetles. So try to get rid of them as soon as you see them. You'll, you'll know the potato beetle. It's kind of a round little, I don't know. He's, they're not, they don't like bite or anything. They don't bite you. They definitely bite potato plants. <laughs> um, but little round guy, sometimes they have stripes. Um, and they lay their egg clusters under the leaves. So you can lift the leaves and knock the egg clusters off. In the past, I have no shame. I have paid my children to pick potato bugs or eggs off of potato plants. If you have children, I would recommend you do that with yours too. I don't care. A penny, a nickel each, doesn't matter. Um, they will often happily do it if you make it worth their while. And then we feed the bugs to the chickens. So I feel like it's a win-win-win for the children, the chickens, and the potato plants. So just a little bit of homestead ingenuity, if you ask me. But watch, watch for the bugs um, when you're out there maybe mounding or making sure they're properly covered. Check under the leaves for those egg clusters as well. All right, harvesting. So you've, you've put your potatoes in a couple weeks before the last frost. You've babied them all summer, watered them, uh, mounded them, checked for the bugs. And now you're wondering, when do I get paid for all of my hard potato labor? So technically, as soon as your potato plants bloom, right, they will get little flowers on them, you can start harvesting baby potatoes for immediate use. And in my opinion, baby potatoes are the best potatoes. They are delicious. Um, some people will use a potato fork to harvest, but I am very talented at stabbing potatoes with forks and shovels. If there is a potato in the ground, you can bet I will slice it in half, no matter how hard I try to avoid that. So oftentimes, especially if I'm trying to leave my potato plant intact and make sure I don't damage the roots too much, and I just want some new potatoes for supper and then I'm gonna cover it back up and let it keep growing, I'm gonna use my fingers. I'm just gonna go digging around under there till I find enough potatoes to take inside. Uh, on the flip side, if you are end of the year, right? It's September, October, and you are ready to call it good on the old potato uh, patch, and you want to pull everything out because frost is coming, you can 
do a little bit differently. So if you're growing potatoes for storage, which I do a lot, leave them in the ground for a few weeks after the leaves and stems turn brown. So no matter how much you water, no matter what you're doing, your potato plants will start to die off. And that's what you want. You want them to turn brown and yellow and crispy. And when you start to see the vines die, you can leave them underground for a little bit longer to give them a chance to thicken their skins before you put them into storage. Um, actually, you could technically leave them in the ground as long as you want, as long as you dig them up before your first hard frost. And take it from me, it is not a good time to be out frantically trying to scrape potatoes out of freezing soil right before you know a giant blizzard is coming because I have been there, done that more than once. Not my favorite. Um, so I would recommend trying to pull them out on a beautiful, warm fall day <laughs> when it's not full on emergency level. Um, once you get them out of the ground, do not wash them. I know it's tempting because a lot of times they have dirt on them. Don't wash them because that's going to hurt them in storage and cause them to spoil faster. I like to harvest on a day um, when the soil is soft enough, soft enough to be worked, right? It's not rock hard brick, but it's also not sloppy wet. If you try to harvest potatoes when your potato patch is very, very moist, um, you're going to have a mucky mess and you're going to have all this dirt clinging to the potatoes and it's just a major pain. So do it on a dry day and then just brush the dirt off. Any excess, brush it off, knock it off and call it good. I then will cure my potatoes for a few days before moving them to storage. And to do this, I will set up a table in our little old shop, um, which is basically like a garage. You could do this in your house, but if you have a lot of potatoes, it's going to take up a lot of room. So I like to do it out in the shop because it's out of my house because it can get a little messy. And it takes pretty cold temps in the fall for the inside of the shop to freeze. So I will take sawhorses and put a piece of plywood on them, cover them with, I don't know, a sheet or a blanket or some clean trash bags, and then lay the potatoes out in a single layer. And that just is helping them uh, to cure, toughen up a little bit before we put them into storage. Sometimes they end up being out there for more than a few days. It doesn't matter if it's a little bit longer. We just don't want them to freeze. So if your temps drop, be really careful to keep an eye on them. Once they're cured, that's when you get to move them into storage. Um, and <laughs> I'm still figuring this out. I will be perfectly honest. What I've done in years past is um, I cure them for usually a couple weeks and I knock the dirt off of them. I pick out any of the potatoes that look like they're a little smushy or a little shriveled or they're not going to store very well. I'll put them in a cardboard box. And then we have this portion of our basement. It's like the old original portion, kind of unfinished. Our basement is heated. It, it doesn't like freeze in our basement, but it's definitely not warm. In the winter, it, we need like lots of blankets and sweatshirts to go down there to watch a movie because it's cool. And especially down tucked into the storage area of our basement, it's extra cool. So I'll put them in the cardboard boxes. I shut the lids completely on the boxes to prevent as much light as possible from getting in there. Um, and then I just stick it on the shelf. And do I think this is the perfect storage method? I don't because, you know, they end up sprouting, but maybe that, I think that might be just the nature of the beast. Um, but you know, by March, April, 
they're not looking so pretty anymore. <laughs> they've got some big long sprouts. Sometimes the sprouts come out of the box and you go down there in the dark basement and it looks really creepy because it looks like there's like fingers coming out of the box. And it, you can still eat a potato with sprouts, even the long sprouts on it. You just knock off the sprouts, wash it up and, and use it. They don't taste as good as fresh garden potatoes, of course, but they're still usable. Or you could technically, um, if they're still good and not rotten, you could use some of those potatoes and plant them again and kind of got the whole cycle of life thing going on. Uh, that's one option. If you have a root cellar, obviously that's the traditional way to store potatoes. Some people will put them in uh, like old refrigerators that have been converted. The biggest thing is to keep them dark. We do not want them exposed to light and we want them cool. So dark and cool is your best bet. I know some folks will use like burlap bags or, or potato storage bags that just helps air circulate but keeps light out. So you've got options. Um, we are going to hopefully, fingers crossed, have a lot of potatoes this year because I planted a lot of potatoes in my 100 foot long potato patch. And so I'm going to be on an adventure myself figuring out how to store uh, long term a large quantity of potatoes. So I will let you come along for that ride. I don't really know what I'm doing yet with that. I haven't thought that far ahead. I will definitely have to figure that out considering um, I have a couple months and I'm going to be harvesting a whole bunch of potatoes. But once I get there, I'll let you know. And maybe we'll, we will have come up with some sort of super creative root cellar deal by then. Who knows? All in all, though, whether you're growing a trash can full of potatoes or a hundred feet of potatoes, give it a try. Um, I bet that you probably still have time to put a few potato plants in this year, even if you've already got the rest of your garden in. It's super rewarding, super good for you, and homegrown potatoes are the best. They taste amazing and are absolutely worth the work. And that, my friends, is all I have for you today. If you're looking for a little extra guidance in your homestead efforts this year, whether it's in the garden, the kitchen, or the chicken coop, I have just the resource for you. I put together an entire library of resources for homestead folks just like you, and you can grab it for free over at theprairiehomestead.com grow. And that is it for today. Thank you so much to everyone for listening and leaving reviews and ratings. I read every single one. And don't forget, if you have an episode that's just really resonating with you, take a quick screenshot, post it over on Instagram and tag me. I love to reshare those and kind of hear your revelations that come to you as you're listening along. We will catch up again on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Take care.